Hey there, greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We have Jody Monell with us today, who's the founder of Live Kindly. You know, Live Kindly is her company and uh, she's done the same, right? She's been on her corporate journey, then she made a pivot and then she founded Live Kindly and she does what she does with that today. We'll find out about her story and she's joining us from the very cold Vancouver, Canada today. So welcome, Jody. Hi, hi, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words? Yeah, I always kind of never know where to start with that question. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm founder, CEO of Live Kindly, um, have been for the last coming up to five years now. And um, I'm originally from the UK, living in Canada right now. Um, did a fair bit of traveling, um, but also spent, you know, the last 10 years of my career in marketing, publishing, and social media. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into the journey of how Live Kindly came to be. Um, but essentially, it was a, a bit of my personal um, interest and my uh, career kind of journey merging together and to forming, <laughs> forming what I'm doing today. So what were you doing before Live Kindly? Yeah, so I worked in a number of different places, um, from startups to larger, more corporate companies. Um, but as I mentioned, I kind of had a strong background when it came to publishing, advertising. Um, I worked for Immediate Media, which is uh, a kind of uh, agency for BBC. So that was when I was back living in England, coming up up to maybe 10 years ago now. Um, but more recently, I worked at Hootsuite. I've also worked um, in small kind of publications, uh, mostly in the UK as well. And just before I started Love Kindly, I was working for a boutique um, VC, which is quite out of the scope of what I'd previously done, but it was a marketing role. So something I was very comfortable in. You know, that's, that's pretty inspiring as well as astonishing, right? So you've been on the core corporate side, you've been with the VC, and then from there you founded Live Kindly, which is more or less about uh, sustainable living and conscious living. So mm -hmm. that's a major shift. How, how did that happen? Yeah, it was, um, you know, a number of factors came into play, I think, from, um, you know, my personal journey um, into more sustainable living as I was traveling and I really uh, wanted to kind of start living more sustainably because I started to appreciate, um, you know, more of the nature and the environment that I was seeing as I was traveling and, um, you know, becoming more aware about uh, climate change and things like that as well. Um, so, yeah, on top of that, you know, I was working in the VC at the time and I have always been someone that is I think I've just had the attitude of someone who, whether or not um, I was being an entrepreneur at the time, I kind of acted as if I was my own boss, which, um, you know, is not the best thing to do when you're working for a company. But I always had that entrepreneur spirit. I always kind of, you know, had that um, energy to create something and to build something and to kind of make my own decisions. Um, and so, yeah, when I was working in the VC, I got very inspired seeing a lot of the companies that were getting invested in and seeing how these entrepreneurs were able to do that and spend all of their time working on their core passions um, and having the freedom to build that. So, yeah, that was really kind of the, the thing that kicked me into doing this. I was inspired by that. And um, I kind of saw a bit of a, 
I hate to say gap in the market because it doesn't feel like a market to me, sustainable living, um, but it was a, a gap in the space, which I thought, you know, could very much be filled um, by what I've created with Live Kindly. So did you bootstrap the company or did you find some investment? How did that go? Yeah, so I was working for the VC at the time and we saw really amazing growth, actually, um, very early on. And so this was five years ago. So much easier to grow organically on social media at that point. Um, but we saw, you know, a lot of viral videos and content. Um, and I was kind of doing this almost by myself um, with the support of a few uh, friends and other people who were kind of activists in the plant-based or sustainable living movement. Um, and because that happened, my boss at the time um, was kind of aware of what I was working on as the side hustle and decided to invest. So he gave us our first 100K, um, which sounds super small, thinking back to it now, um, but it allowed me to stop my full-time job and work on, on Live Kindly full-time and then start hiring a team. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it felt like bootstrapping because that 100K, from what I've learned, does not go very far. Um, we were soon to start raising more money in the future. But yeah, that's kind of how it all began. Awesome. So can you tell us what Live Kindly is all about? Yeah, so Live Kindly is a more um, inclusive and solutions-focused and non-judgmental approach to sustain sustainable living. So we produce content. We're on many different social media platforms, soon kind of expanding much further than that. Um, but we're really about encouraging people to make more conscious and more sustainable lifestyle choices, empowering them to do so, celebrating all of the positive change that's happening. Um, we also recognize, you know, a lot of the, the bad news, um, but we're really, you know, um, positioned in a place where we don't like to fear monger. We're talking about, you know, what are the solutions to this? How can we become more educated? How can we make better decisions? And so Live Kindly is really kind of based on that community mentality where, you know, these kind of choices, these individual choices add up and they create impact. Um, and so that's really what we're working towards is building that community and um, making decisions kind of based on more compassionate, mindful choices. And what's the business model? How do you make money? Yeah, so we are pretty typical for a media company. We um, take on advertising clients. Um, so we've worked with a number of kind of large brands and also startup brands who want to promote their products. We, um, it fits really well within our content mix, actually, because we talk a lot about product launches um, anyway. And this is what, you know, our community is interested in. Um, they do want to find, you know, what is accessible for them when it comes to the best plant-based food out there or, you know, zero waste products, all of this stuff. Um, so we work with many different advertisers on many different um, scales and sizes. And yeah, we have a bit more of a complex business model going forward. So our strategy for growth is really diversifying the re revenue stream. Um, not something I can go into too much detail now, but something that I'm super excited about. And we'll probably be making some announcements um, early this year. So you have about 70 plus million monthly visitors on the site, right? So what was that journey like, you know, going from scratch to building the kind of momentum that you have today? 
Yeah, so that's um, collective users across all of our social media, and it can range. Um, you know, we've, I think, topped over 100 million on a few occasions, um, but it definitely fluctuates depending on, you know, how many campaigns we're running and seasonality. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing journey really to go through that and to see um, just the organic engagement. The engagement to me is the most meaningful metric that I look at is it really kind of indicates how people are interested or, um, you know, inspired by or um, curious about the content that you're putting out there. And so it's taken some time to get to that stage. Um, you know, it's taken a, a, a large team and a lot of kind of expertise in this field to be able to um, really position ourselves as the authority in this space. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey, I would say, but definitely something that I always believed that we could achieve. So, yeah, five years of working on it and we're not stopping now. We have, you know, the intention to build this community much bigger than it is. Awesome. So when you actually started with this, you know, it's a very niche field that you have chosen. Um, were there any apprehensions, any self-doubt as you began, you know, even coming from the VC world? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think more so um, in the early days, as I was speaking with investors, it was a lot more niche than it is today. I think sustainable living and plant-based food is a lot more mainstream than it used to be. Right. And, you know, I could definitely see that, that happening, but, um, you know, I didn't anticipate that it would kind of take off in the way that it has in terms of um, interests and products out there. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it was never really niche because we were always about targeting, you know, the, the mainstream as much as possible. We don't create content for people who are already living sustainably. We don't create content for people who are already vegan or plant-based. This is for people who are just a little bit curious about either, you know, improving their diet or improving their um, shopping habits to become more sustainable. This is really content for everyone. And we have so many different entry points of interest that can really um, encompass that. And, you know, it's important for me also that we represent as many different voices as possible. Um, so we're really conscious about keeping it as diverse. It's not about me as, as a person and what I want to do and how I want to live sustainably. This is about everyone's different journeys and experiences. So I think that's why we've managed to kind of grow to the scale is that it's very welcoming and it's very inclusive. And how do, how do you retain your visitors? You know, how do you keep them engaged? What, what options do they have on the website? Well, honestly, I think it's because we produce just so much content. There's something fresh in you every single day. So, um, yeah, we're really kind of a content factory. We have an expert team of people in video and social and editorial. So there's lots of variety to choose, you know, how you want to consume this content. There should be something for everyone pretty much. Um, but yeah, I think mostly it's because our content is always created with value and intent. So we don't want to create content for the sake of putting out content. It's really there to serve a purpose and whether that's, you know, simply because it's entertaining or it's educational or it's driving conversation. There's always something that is valuable to our audience and everything that we do. And do they get to engage in, as well as a part of the conversation? 
Yeah, that's something which is super important to us um, and really part of our next stage of growth as well. It's really um, nurturing that community. And so it's important for us to have not just a one-sided conversation. Um, this is where it gets tricky, obviously, on, on websites. It's very difficult to do that. Um, but we find that the engagement and the um, community that we have developed on social media is something quite unique when it comes to engagement. We have a lot of people learning from each other in the comments section, talking to each other. Um, and then, you know, obviously we're kind of nurturing our community by having that conversation um, back with them in return. So yeah, something super important for us. And like I said, it's one of the pivotal pieces in our next stage of growth as well. It's really community at the core of everything that we do. Do you see yourself uh, kind of working with uh companies uh, that are out there innovating in the sustainable living space, uh, kind of becoming a marketplace, for instance, at all? Yes, there's definitely a need for that. Um, you know, it's something that we have been exploring in a number of ways, and we are looking into ways to do that that's meaningful and, um, again, going to serve something that is of quality to our audience. And so there's a lot of sustainable products and plant-based products out there. There's not really one place to find them. And the e-commerce aspect is, um, I think, one, quite difficult to get into um, and to do successfully, at least, you know, when you are comparing <laughs> to the likes of Amazon, for example, it's just no comparison. Um, so it really needs to be a space where we're offering something unique and valuable, um, but also being able to vet something and making sure that it's high quality and that we're proud to be uh, representing those products. So something that we're definitely exploring behind the scenes right now. You know, one of the things that you mentioned was, uh, you know, several years ago, this was very, very niche. You know, sustainable living was not on top of anyone's mind, right? With Especially with uh, what's happening with the climate and the climate change and all those discussions, it slowly but surely has come become mainstream. Now we talk about, uh, you know, biodegradable consumables, or we talk about uh, plant-based meat, you know, those kinds of things uh, that people are actually embracing. People are willing to experiment and uh, bring them mainstream. Um, what do you see as uh, the trend for this really becoming mainstream, really becoming something that we don't have to think about, uh, you know, when we are out there trying to trying to live more consciously? Yeah, so um, I always think about it as very much supply and demand, and we're having the consumer demand happen right now. Um, but the responsibility is really on the corporations, and they can be a little bit slow to catch up on things like this. So, you know, we do need to be patient. We need to keep demanding these products, but um, it will take time. And so we're definitely not living in a world that is um, kind of conscious or sustainable right now. And it's very difficult for especially the large corporations to um, completely revamp their products or to change, you know, their entire business model because of this. Um, so it will take time. And, you know, I would say that plant-based and sustainable living, was it's still very early days for this. So while we're seeing a lot of noise and excitement and there's a bit of novelty in this space, um, I think that we will see a lot more innovation happening in the next 10 years, particularly when it comes to the food space, when we're looking at um, you know, lab-grown meat, things like that. 
there are lots of things um, you know, that are going to be available, which we're just not even seeing now. So lots of room for improvement, lots of innovation that will be happening. Um, but yeah, I think responsibility at the end of the day is really on the corporations. Do you see yourself more as a, as a B2C kind of a company at this point? Or are you also engaging with uh, employers in terms of reaching in into their employee bases in order to spread the word or provide them you know, other strategies uh, in order to highlight a more, more caring employer? Yeah, I think, you know, I would describe our business model definitely B2C. Um, as I mentioned, you know, community is really at the core of everything that we're doing. Um, but I see room for that. And whether that's under Live Kindly or maybe a kind of wider network that we would be um, working within, I think that this is something that I see very much a big need for. There's not really any kind of guidance out there for a lot of entrepreneurs or business owners. And I've had many people, um, many entrepreneurs who are launching startups reaching out to me for advice specifically on things like that. So yeah, not something that we're doing right now, but definitely something I can see. Um, maybe not for Live Kindly, maybe so, but in the future, this, this thing needs to happen, I think. Absolutely. So uh, in terms of all your operations, how do you operate? Are you guys a remote team or are you working out of uh, a certain place, a certain city? Yeah, we're totally remote. So pre-pandemic even, um, we built our culture, our entire team on Slack. And so something that we're very used to and, um, you know, I'm kind of grateful for that because it hasn't been such a difficult hit for the team to uh, convert to working from home when they were already doing that. Um, you know, of course, the pandemic has been difficult for many other reasons, but um, but yeah, completely online at the moment and no plans to open an office or anything definitely doesn't make sense right now. Um, but there will be room for, um, I guess, more creative spaces to enable uh, more cost-effective and time-effective content creation. So perhaps building a studio or um yeah, various different ways in which we can do that, which we're exploring right now. Most of our team is based in LA, but we are kind of spread across the globe. So we're working across a number of different time zones as well. As far as your community is concerned, where's the major presence from? Is it the US or do you see other pockets as well? Yeah, North America is definitely the largest um, and from that definitely the US, but we do have a quite a large European presence too. Um, more so in, you know, English-speaking countries, um, but Germany is pretty high up, um, the UK as well. And, yeah, we see a lot of interest because that the kind of um, adaptation of in including more plant-based options has really taken off in Europe particularly. So, yeah, we're seeing a big uptick in our audience there too. And how has the pandemic uh, treated, treated you? Has there been more interest in what you have to offer? Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the very few silver linings from the pandemic is that people have become a bit more socially conscious and aware, at least from what we're seeing in terms of our audience and the engagement. You know, people have had a lot of time to think and, um, you know, reprioritize certain things. Uh, we've seen this also even just speaking as a, as a whole more generally with the, the great resignation, you know, a lot of people want to make sure that they're spending their time doing things that they believe in, they care about, that they're passionate about. And I think we're seeing that reflected in how people even spend their time on social media and how they consume products as well.
you know there there's still a lot of uh, negative connotation or negative narrative around environmentalism right so how do you tackle that or how do you see uh, that changing yeah um there is i think there for a number of reasons as well um one it can get political um which is unfortunate and two i think there's a lot of fearmongering out there when it comes to how we talk about it in social media and people are sick of feeling helpless and um powerless when it comes to this and it's just you know one piece of bad news after another and so it can you know really give a lot of people fatigue and you know why should they care when we have a pandemic going on or you know so many other problems in the world right um so yeah for a number of reasons i think it's it can be a very difficult topic to approach sometimes um and that's why we've kind of been creative um with those challenges and make sure that we approach it with um you know i guess a a really mindful way of inspiring conversation as opposed to coming out there with all of the answers when we're talking about controversial topics you know we want to pose that question to our community and to our audience and have that discussion um i think discussion can you know lead to a lot of progress a lot of learning for a lot of people and we're lucky we don't get you know a ton of hate comments or negative comments um on our socials so we've really kind of fostered this great community that is just open to learning um and yeah wanting to find a solution this is what we're all about so in terms of uh, you know somebody new uh, a new customer finding your website and getting on there what would you recommend in terms of the journey that they take uh, on your website to understand it better Yeah I think you know the good thing is is that we're on a number of different social platforms so we can be um pretty much there for anyone's preference when it comes to consuming content you know whether you are only on Instagram and you don't use Facebook you can find pretty much all of our content there in some shape or form um you know so we've really developed our content in a way that it can be digestible and it can be seen in many different ways if you prefer to watch videos about sustainable living you know we're on youtube and we're on tiktok so there's many different ways in which you can find our content and um yeah hopefully there's something that is really tailored to everyone awesome well you've been on a very fascinating journey and uh, you've done wonderful with uh, live kindly uh, you know very inspiring and i hope it continues to grow jody and you have a great uh, plan ahead in terms of uh, how to continue to nurture growth with the company thank you for joining us today thank you for sharing your story before i let you go any takeaway for the listeners anything that you'd like to share um yeah that's a great question and you know something that is just important to me um living kindly is a call to action i think we can all do better if we just start making more compassionate choices whatever that looks like for you um so yeah that that's <laughs> that's my leaving note awesome thank you thank you for joining us today <laughs>